On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space. I think leaving on good terms to the extent possible is always to your benefit because you never know when you might need that former boss or a former colleague later on down the line. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Our quote of the day. When Black women are able to quit a thing, it typically can be attributed to at least four causes. She was invited to do a job that was impossible for her to be successful at. She is disrespected. Her work is devalued, which is a form of disrespect. Or she is simply tired of fighting. That quote comes to us from Dr. Wendy S. Williams who was a guest on our show, Reclaiming Your Power in the Workplace. Now, for the folks in the back, because I know that was a lot, I'm going to read our quote of the day one more time. When Black women are able to quit a thing, it typically can be attributed to at least four causes. She was invited to do a job that it's impossible for her to be successful at, She is disrespected. Her work is devalued, which is another form of disrespect. Or she is simply tired of fighting. Now, T, at the time of the recording of this episode, I feel like part of that quote could be applied to multiple areas of a Black woman's life besides her job. Mm -hmm. But today, our focus is on the workplace. So when you hear this quote, what comes up for you? Well, one of the things that I'm thinking about, Don, is I'm actually, I'm looking at the quote as you asked me the question. I like how, one, lady, go check out that episode. It's season 20, episode yes. three. 
with Dr. Wendy Williams. That episode was so bomb. Again, yes, she was, was. It's so insightful. And so, Dom, I'm looking at the way she framed this. When Black women are able to quit a thing, I think she was just very intentional with her words there because I think about my relationship to quitting. And when I was younger, one of my mentors used to always say, have the spirit of a finisher. Like whatever you start, you finish. And I think I adopted that for so long, but I think at a certain part in my, at a certain point in my journey, that mindset didn't serve me any longer. Like there were times where if I started a book, even if I didn't like it, I would just go through it and, and read it. But I think now because my time is different, the time that I have is different. My, I'm in a different space in my career. I will quit something with a quickness. And yeah. it wasn't that way before. And so I think that yeah, it's important for us to just consider like, what's my relationship to quitting? So lady, even as you listen, like what's your relationship to quitting? Were you taught that you shouldn't quit anything? Or are you just like, oh, I'm just, because I feel like there's a balance, right? Some people just quit yeah. every, every goddamn thing. They start something and it's like, oh, I don't, I don't like working out this one day. I'm just going to quit. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And so what about you, Don? What is your perspective on quitting? And what do you think about the quote? Well, I love this quote. I love Dr. Wendy Williams. Like she's just phenomenal. I think this quote and this idea of quitting is a complex one. And, but I think that the causes that she pointed out are so important for us to remember, right? That, and this, for me, I feel like this quote is really specific to Black women, Mm. right? That oftentimes we get in positions that they set us up to be, to not be successful from the beginning, right? Like they mm-hmm. set it up from the very beginning for us to be like the first cause. Like it's impossible for us to be successful at it, right? And, and but I think I want to go back to that first part of the quote that you mentioned that of being able to quit. In some respects, that kind of is a privilege. Because I think that there are some situations in which Black women are fired wrongfully mm-hmm. and aren't given the option to quit. Or their life circumstances are such that quitting would mean a larger sacrifice in mm. terms of their household. You better preach. And so the option to quit is a privilege. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are the things that I that I think about in, as we're thinking about this conversation. Like I yes. want to acknowledge that for some of us, there are times when we are in difficult work situations but the financial needs that we have, we're unable to walk away when we really need to. Yes. Because our financial situation outweighs what we're dealing with at work. Girl, 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 you better go ahead. That is so true. That is such a great point. And I think that really emphasizes what Dr. Wendy was saying, which she was very intentional with those words of Black women are able. So, girl, let's get into the tea. Like, what is yes. your story about quitting? I have two in mind, and one is like a positive quitting situation where like I ended on a high note. I ended both on a high note, but 
The other one is like a terrible work situation. So what is your story? And then I'll, I'll share mine. I have, so I, I think I was thinking of my employment history over the years mm-hmm. and like before I became a psychologist. And so there's a couple of situations where like I quit and it was for a good reason. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in undergrad, finishing up, finishing undergrad and moving to start graduate school, I quit my job at the hotel I was working at. And that was like, because I had to, like, I'm, I'm moving yeah. away to go to graduate school. Like, I can't do, I'm not exactly. commuting between two states. That's not happening. Right. And so, like, I think about those situations. I think about when I quit my first job, like, mm-hmm. first ever job, working at Baskin Robbins. Like, and because I was in college and was like, I need to be making more money because they ain't paying me. And so I think about those early jobs before I started my career. But then I also think about when I left positions within my career and all of those, all of those times were, were on me. Like I chose to quit. Right. And I think about where I was in the moment of quitting. And hindsight is twenty twenty, and so one one job I quit because I was moving. Actually, both jobs I quit because I was moving. <laughs> and so the both jobs that I'm thinking about, I quit because I was moving. But I also think about when I look at those jobs in hindsight, And I recognize where I was in those jobs, like the level of stress Mm. in each of those jobs. Yes. And am grateful that the moves happened when they did. Because I probably was going to be needing to quit sooner. Yes. Or like in the very near future. It was going to be inevitable that it had to happen like soon. And we, yeah. I'll, I'll share more as we <laughs> go through the episode. But what about for you, T? So you said there were two. There were two. But I just want to say to you, it's always nice when you can sort of, you can own the narrative. Like you quit before. Like you saw, must have saw the writing on the wall and you were like, oh, let me go ahead and put that resignation letter in. Child. Let me tell you. Okay, so this one, I'm not going to say the name, but if anyone knows me, they may know the situation and what institution I was at. So, girl, I was working, I did the hall director path for grad school, right? So, became mm-hmm. a residence director, managing a residence hall, and they paid for my grad school. And so, this is actually outside of, this is my first job outside of grad school. And so, I was a hall director, and they were paying for my housing. I had a meal plan. It was a really great setup, living in a nice, big city. And what had happened was, I think this was in the beginning of my tenure in the role, I came home one night into my apartment and my job lived alone, you know, doing my thing in the big city. And I'm walking into my apartment. I open my door and boom, somebody just jumps out of my closet and they're like, boo. And then another person jumps out of the middle room that I had. And these were two of my staff members. Mind you, I'm brand new to this area. I don't know these people like that. And so they jump out. And at that point, I was like, okay, hell, this. Hell no, because I'm 
very particular about my space, my privacy. Go ahead. <laughs> I see your I'm face. Sorry. Hey, lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real, and we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business, brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel, and throughout your day and week, you are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you up-level your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon. And we highly, highly encourage you to join the Sister Frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. Oh, okay. Because at first I was like, oh, shit, you're getting robbed. But Lord, thank God. No, but still like. But still, this is your private space. But okay, okay, continue. I'm glad we, yeah. Yes. No, girl, I was so, I felt so violated because I just, anyone that knows me, everybody don't come to my crib. Like I don't let any, you know what I mean? Like I just don't let anyone into my space. And so when these two student paraprofessionals did that I was just so I was so upset like so so just scared as well because I'm moving to a new place by myself so anyway I ended up talking to my supervisor about it and they decided to I guess give them like a warning but ever since that particular situation there were other instances in that job where I was like this just doesn't feel like a good fit so long story short there was a point midway in the role that I was like, I want to leave so bad. Like, I'm not happy here because I felt like people were like retaliating against me because I was holding the people accountable for breaking into my space. And so what I ended up doing was I struggled so much, but I, I held out for a year. I did a full year in the role because I was like, I wanted my resume to look, you know, I was very mindful of how my resume right. looks and not wanting to hop around to different positions. And so I stayed there for a year and then I was like, I got to go. So that was the first situation, like not ideal at all in a very, in some cases felt like a toxic work environment. The other situation was a very positive experience. And it, I was working in tech in Silicon Valley and I reached, I want to say sort of reached like a pinnacle of success within this particular company. And I was pregnant at the time with my first child. And I was like, you know what? I want to 
leave the job before I have the baby so I can work on my side hustle for a little bit and just have some time off. And so I ended up leaving on a very high note because during the end of the pregnancy, I was struggling and I was like, I don't want my work to start to suffer. I don't want them to fire me. Like I am struggling right now. I'd rather just end on a high note, focus on the things that I really want to focus on and put my energy into those projects. And so that ended up working out well. So I ended on a high note. Everyone was super supportive. It was such an amazing experience and very different from the first story I told. So those are my two situations. Yeah, you know, I think it's also, there's a bunch of stuff that was coming up for me. And I think I'll, some of the questions that we're going to mm-hmm. ask of our audience to ask yes. themselves, will, I'll be able to ask of you for your situation. But I think the thing that I'm sitting with is with your second situation that you described, like being able to end on a high note, right? Yes, like, yes. Being able to end and have a good relationship with the people that you in that you've ended with. Yes. I think for me, as I'm as I'm thinking with that, I think I have been fortunate in that I when I any place that I've left for whatever reason, it mm-hmm. has been on a high note. Like it's been or maybe high note isn't the right word, but it's been on good terms. There you go. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's been on good terms. And so, lady, as you think about You're listening to us and you're like, yeah, I feel it. I'm in this situation. (laughs) We have a list of questions that we're going to go through that you might want to ask yourself to help you identify, is it time to quit? And lady, also, you might be listening right now and you might be thinking, my job is cool. I'm not, you know, not my love. I'm not passionate about it, but I'm here. Some of these questions we might ask might have you thinking, is it time for me to walk away from this? So I'm going to start with the first question. Are you burned out? Now we have, we have episodes on burnout. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to really ask yourself like, what does that look like? Are like, are you burned out? And what does that really mean to be burned out? And lady, you can literally just Google burnout her space podcast and you'll see the episode come up. So it's season 19, episode four, beating burnout with Kelly Bonner. That was a good episode too. She killed that. Yes, it was. Yes. But John, one of the things when it comes to burnout that I thought of as I saw this question was one, are you burned out? Where is the burnout coming from? Because I know for me personally, right. Sometimes it can come from work, but a lot of times I can be the facilitator of the burnout. Like I take on too much. I don't have a great relationship with my work and personal boundaries and stuff like that. So I think understanding too, like a sub question could be, where is the burnout coming from? Is it my job? Or it's me? And then we can dig in a bit deeper there. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's a good question to really ask yourself because like, I like that sub question, like where, what is the origin of this burnout? Because I think about one role that I left and because I was, because of the way the situation was set up, I was starting a new role and agreed to still keep some pieces of the previous job as I was starting in this new role. And 
I remember like being hitting a point, like as it was coming to an end, like hitting a point of being burned out. And a lot of it was on me of like me taking on a lot. And it was my decision to take, to have that transition in the way that it did, but it did cause some burnout. And, but I also think back to another job that I had where after I I didn't, like, I knew I was stressed. Like Mm -hmm. I knew things were like, it was intense. It was a lot. Yeah. But I didn't fully recognize the level of burnout until after I had left the situation. Oh. And so, oh, go ahead. You have a question. No, I was just going to ask you, did you realize it after the fact? Because was it one of those situations where you were like, oh, I'm not burnt out now. Oh my God, I was just burnt out. Like you realized it after the fact because you didn't feel it anymore. So you were able to sort of compare. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I was was able to be, I was in a new (sighs) role and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just excited about being in this new role. And I'm like, Nah, not this. Nah. <laughs> not this. Yes, yes, and yes, yes, I'm excited about being in this <clears throat> new role. And damn, what I left, I was really burned out. I was dealing with a lot more that I probably did not need to be dealing with. Ooh, child. All right, lady, we're about to dig in deeper into these questions. So the next question is, does this job no longer bring you joy? And I feel like this is an interesting one because some people have jobs that they're excited about. It brings them joy. They are, it's their passion, right? And then some other people have jobs where you're like, baby, this is my dream funder, right? And that's what most of my, I feel like most of my jobs have been like dream funders where this right here is funding my dream outside of work. And so I think that if you're in a situation where your job is your dream funder, if you can find moments or opportunities to add joy to it, I think that could be really helpful, whether it's like a passion project at work that, you know, correlates with a business objective or something that's important to the company. So I feel like there is a sub question here. It's like, does this job no longer bring you joy? Is there an opportunity to add more joy? Because sometimes it's like, you got to do what you got to do to pay the bills. So if I'm going to be here anyway, I might as well figure out how I can make it more enjoyable for myself. Right. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I, I think it's a good it's a good question to ask yourself. Mainly because when we think about it, if you're working a full-time job, you were working, most of us working a full-time job, my understanding of what a full-time job is, is that a minimum of 32 hours a week. And so now the reality is most of us working a full-time job are getting way more than 32 hours a week. And so 32 hours, 32 plus hours a week in the course of a week, that's a lot of hours. You are giving a lot of your time to your job. And so if this thing that you're doing, that you're giving so much of your time to, is no longer bringing you joy, and you're not, and you're clear that like, this is not my, you know, I'm, I'm not using this as my dream funder. So... Like, I really need to be getting some joy out of this. And you're no longer getting that. It's time to walk away. And so then I think that takes us to our third question. Some people, ladies, 
This might be you clutching your pearls on this one. Has your health been negatively affected? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we experience health issues and don't recognize that the cause of it is stress. And where's the stress coming from? Where we're spending 32 plus hours a week, our job. And so, and how your health is being effect- negatively affected, there's levels to it, there's a spectrum. And, but your physical health is important. If you don't have your health, you won't be here. And maybe your value system might be set up differently, but to me, no job is worth my health. Mm-mm. Not at all. It's just not. And so you need to, you want to ask yourself, like, is your health being negatively affected by this work that you're doing? And the next question is, have you lost your work-life balance? Okay, lady. So when you think about establishing work-life balance, right, sometimes that requires us to change. And no matter how uncomfortable that may be, we got this. We can do it. It also gives us an opportunity to focus on working to live instead of living to work, right? I'm going to say that one more time. It gives us an opportunity to focus on working to live versus living to work. And as we're striving for balance, we may find ourselves exploring things we haven't done before. For example, you might want to explore Field. That's F-E-E-L-D. And Field is a dating app for the curious. Radical transformation is so common on Field that there's a term for it. And they call it the Field Effect. Now, y'all know. As a person working in academia, I love a good new term, new theory, and the statistics to back it up. So let me get into these stats. 62% of field members evolve their sexuality, interests, and desires within their first year on the app. 181,000 people change their sexuality within their first year on field. 57% of those who change their sexuality become less straight. And 58% of people became more curious about GGG, good giving and gain. Now to know what that is, you got to check out the app to find out for sure. Why do so many stories of transformation run through the field community? Well, whether it's online or in real life, this space draws open-minded people. It's this openness that we also see in the stats. One in two people on field have a kink. 80% of people believe good things come in threes, as in MMFs, FFMs, MFMs, and MMMs. And to be specific, this means male, male, female, 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 male, and you get the idea. More than half of straight people are chatting with people who aren't. So lady, if you're not entirely sure, if you've ever questioned, wondered, or fantasized, Field is the place where you freely explore your desires. It's where you don't have to know. It's where you can be open to finding out. And in the process, finding your newest you 
just as so many other members of the community have. So lady, download Field today, check it out, see what's there, and have fun. You know, that work-life balance thing is hard. And I think for me, over the last few years, that's been something that I've been working on. Like, what are the things that I can do outside of work that bring me joy? And, and you and I have talked about this, like, where can I find, and you just mentioned it earlier too, like, where can you find joy in the work that you do? So that, and then also, how do you recognize, like, how do you tip the scales so that there is balance? Mm-hmm. And recognizing that there are seasons as well. Like there yes. might be points where, depending on your field, there are seasons. Like there's a point in the year where work is heavier. And so that means that things might be a little bit more stressful. Or you might be spending a little bit more time doing work things than you would like to or that, you know, you would really want to. And then there are other times where work is a lot lighter mm-hmm. and you have more room to take vacation. And let me be clear, when even when things are heavy, you can still take vacation. It is still important to take vacation. Hey, girl. Hey, we hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as we are. But let's be real. It costs money to podcast and we got bills to pay. So enjoy this commercial break as you process what we've been talking about. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you're also supporting us. Family, friends, and Lumi whole body deodorant. These are just a few of the things I'm thankful for this year. Why? Because Lumi is a deodorant like no other. It was created by an OBGYN who discovered that BO isn't just an underarm thing. It's an all over thing. So, she developed a pH-optimized deodorant that's clinically proven to block odor everywhere. Not just your pits, but your privates, feet, and beyond. The best part? No matter where you use it, Lumi is proven to keep working for up to 72 hours. If three days of odor control isn't something to be thankful for, I don't know what is. Guess what, lady? We have a special offer just for you. New customers get $5 off Lumi Starter Pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code HERSPACE at LumiDeodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Lady, let me tell you, Lumi Toasted Coconut smells amazing and works so well, especially on those days when I'm working hard in the gym. To be clear, it's not an antiperspirant, so I still sweat, which is a healthy body function, but there is no odor. Lumi Starter Pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, which are perfect for your travels this holiday season, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code HERSPACE at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit 
lumideodorant.com and use her space. Thank you, Lumi, for making this holiday season smell a whole lot better. Lady, picture this. You are hanging out in your favorite spot in your house. Your headphones are on and the world around you fades away. When listening to Dipsy stories, you're immersed in a vivid world where every touch, every breath, every stolen glance is felt with breathtaking intensity. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and high and heavy hookups. Radically inclusive, Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56% of stories are voice acted by people of color. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with your partner. For Cultivating Her Space podcast listeners, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash herspace. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com dot com slash her space lady you literally have nothing to lose try it out see if it's a good fit for you dipsystories.com slash her space let's get back into it but there may be points in the workflow where it's easier to take more time off and you have space to okay, I'm going to take two days off this week just because, right? Or, and I, and I can walk, and I can take that time off and not feel guilty because, lady, I know we have those moments when we take vacation and we feel guilty about taking our vacation because we know that there's a lot going on. Take that vacation, whether you feel guilty or not, take that vacation. But I think finding that Asking yourself, like, is that work-life balance really gone? Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. And I know we talked about field. Like, if you're going to use field and you're going to embark on your dating journey, I think that's a great way to also facilitate work-life balance as we share. But I would say another thing I want to add, Dom, is I know what has worked really well for me is just using my calendar. So looking at the month mm-hmm. in advance before things start to fill up. And girl, just think about, okay, what are the things I really enjoy doing? Whether it's hanging out with your girlfriends, whether it's going for, you know, going to the nail shop, getting a massage, whatever it is, and add some of that stuff into your calendar. I live by my calendar. Everything is on the calendar because that's the best way for me to ensure that the things that are important happen. So just wanted to add that there. And then we're going to dive into the next few questions, lady. And then we're going to share some strategies to help you quit that job. Okay. (laughs) So the next question. Are you compromising your ethics, values, or integrity? Mm. Now, listen, if you're out here in this job doing things that go against your value, it's probably time to walk away. Because my guess is if you 
if you are engaging in something, particularly if you're engaging in something that's illegal or not eth- or unethical, chances are it'll catch up to you. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be mindful, particularly the illegal stuff. You want to be mindful because just because somebody else is doing it and they haven't gotten caught doesn't mean that you won't get caught. And what's going to happen when you get caught? We know that the system is not just for us. And so you want to ask yourself, am I doing things that are going against my values, my ethics, my integrity? Am I doing something that if you have a job that requires a license, like, are you doing something that could have you lose your license? Like, this is your livelihood. And if you are, maybe it's time to walk away. Amen to that, Dom. That takes us to our next question, lady, which is, are you being harassed or threatened? I think that question is pretty pretty self-explanatory there. I mean, if you don't feel safe, if it's a toxic work environment, it just might be time to figure out how do, how do you navigate out of that situation, right? Yes. And I think this, I think that question can tie into the next question of, do you feel psychologically, emotionally, or physically unsafe? And this can be tough to navigate, right? Because I think about, as particularly for us as Black women, right? There are spaces where we are being targeted or being mistreated because we are Black women. And sometimes it's not direct. And you want to make sure that you, if you're in a space, that you're in a work environment where you don't feel safe and you don't feel safe to even report it. Because as far as I know, most places that have an HR department, you should be able to go and report any type of mistreatment without retaliation. Mm -hmm. And I also know that it doesn't always work that way, even though that might be the policy. Exactly. And so, lady, if you are in a situation like that, it's time to have an explainer. Because you cannot do your job effectively and then your health will become negatively affected. Exactly. If you don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier, Dom, you, we spend most of our time, those of us with full-time jobs, like we spend most of our time there. So it's, it's like a relationship. You want to be happy, fulfilled, and be having a positive experience. And so, lady, the last question that you should consider is, have you accomplished all of your goals? And is there no room for growth or promotion? Now, I would say this question here, I think before you ask this question, you should probably ask yourself, what is the purpose of this job? Because this job might be, again, your dream funder, right? So you might appreciate if you're like, uh, I'm not really trying to grow in this career. I just want a job that can give me this money. So you really just be chilling at work and then you can, I know none of us do this, but you can work on your side hustle or your passion or your business while you're at work because it's set up that way, right? Or is it a situation where you're like, you know what? No, I'm in the phase of my life where I'm really trying to progress in my career, I have goals I want to achieve. I want to get this promotion. I want to, you know, go to the manager level, whatever it might be. Then that may be 
a question that prompts you to move. If you're like, there's no room for growth unless somebody dies or something like I'm not going to be, you know, promoter, can't go to another role. You should consider that. So a couple of things to think about when you think about that question. Yep. And I think also within that question, sometimes I've seen it where there you've been at, you've been in a system where essentially what they tell you is in order for you to grow, you have to make a lateral move at a different company in the same field, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that you are in a mid-manager level role at a company, right? And at this point, because like the higher level managers aren't going anywhere, there's no room for you to be promoted. Like you, like you said, you've done all the things that you need to do. Right. And, but at, but in order to, but you don't maybe have enough experience to qualify for a manager role at a different company or at a higher gotcha. level manager role at a different company. What that would mean is you make a lateral move. So you're still mid-level manager at a new company that has mm-hmm. more room for you to learn and grow. So then you'll be ready to take on a senior manager role. That makes sense. That is a good, good point too. Okay, lady, we're going to jump into these strategies for quitting and then we're going to head on over to the after show. All right. So the first tip here is consult with your mentors. I think this is so valuable, Don, because I think a lot of times mentors, one, they're a bit more experienced than us, so they can provide a lot of value, wisdom, also fresh perspective on things that we may have missed or things that we may not be thinking about. And then the other thing I'd say is usually when you have a mentor, again, they're more experienced. So instead of like calling your cousin or your mama or someone who maybe isn't in your industry and they just don't understand the politics or just how things work in that field, it's great to have someone who can add that. I want to say appropriate perspectives. Yeah. And that perspective can also be super helpful too, because they can ask you, they may end up asking you some of the questions that we asked earlier, right? That if you haven't asked them already of yourself, your mentors usually are going to ask some form of those questions mm-hmm. to help you really think through that decision. And, and so I think the next thing, the next strategy is you're at the point where you know, yeah, it's time to go. So once you really are solid in your it's time to go, you need to identify a timeline, right? And that timeline is going to look different depending on your role, depending on the context of the situation. So is it you need to walk away now because maybe you're being harassed or threatened and our safety is a huge concern here. So we're like, I'm out now, right? Or is it that you can take more time to find something new? Or maybe you really are in a financial position that you cannot afford to be without work. Mm. And so you need to identify what's a reasonable timeline for you to find something new and leave this role. Or maybe it's you need to you need to relocate, like find a whole new city 
to be able to do the work that you're doing. And so you need time to secure a new role, need time to find housing in that new place. So figure out what are the things that you need and then create your timeline from there. Like how long is it going to take you to get these things? And also think within that timeline, some of what may impact your timeline is what, what are the policies in your job of quitting? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a requirement to give your boss two weeks notice? That's typically the timeline, but most pe- some people, again, depending on the circumstance, walk away right away. Mm-hmm. But other people, depending on the circumstance, give months in advance mm-hmm. so that the company has time to find your replacement. And even within that, thinking about your relationship with your colleagues and how soon do you want to let them know? Yes. Because um, I feel like sometimes, I know for me personally, and lady, you're probably the same way. I feel like most of us are like this, where we're like, oh, I just want to be considerate and I just want to, you know, give them enough notice. Maybe they, as soon as you let them know, they're looking for another, like they're trying to fill your role. They're trying to backfill your position. So don't tell people that you don't have a great rapport with or that you trust because People gonna be talking. Y'all know people be talking, okay? So don't tell anyone if you're not sure that this is what you're gonna do. And when you are sure, make sure that you have everything else in order, just in case they petty, right? You never know how the right. rela- depending on how the relationship is, they might be petty and be like, oh, okay, well you can actually leave now. I've actually heard of that happening to people down. Yes, where they've yes. been like, okay, yeah, I want to put my notice in. They're like, oh, actually, you can leave now. Like, yeah, you can leave now. And it's right. like, damn, I tried to be considerate. So yes, just make sure you look out for yourself first because the companies are always going to look out for themselves first, okay? So yes, look out for you, boo. Now, number three is get your financial house in order. So your checkings, your savings, retirement, insurance, your PTO, any sick or vacation time that you may be able to cash in, like get everything in order first. And ideally, like I know this is not going to happen in every situation, but Ideally, you do want to make sure you have your next opportunity lined up. You want to make sure you have something right. in place because if you think about it, like your job won't stop paying you when you quit, but the bills, they're going to keep on coming, right? So just thinking right. about, okay, what am I going to do so that you have something to fall back on? Yeah, I think that's so important. And also paying attention to with your retirement, your insurance, and your PCO sticker vacation, factor that into your time like some companies have policies, particularly around your insurance, that like in order to still use those benefits, like really to get be- your benefits, you only have to work one day in that month. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know what, I'm not starting my new job till December 1st, but let me go ahead and this current job says, I only have to work one day in the month. So let me, November 1st is my last day. So that means I still have my full insurance through the month of November. I don't start the new role till December 1st. I have enough saved up that I can take the whole, whole rest of the month of November off, right? Oh, yes. Looking at what your vacation, PTO, sick time, what those things are, because there are some companies where... It's all one pot. And when you're, when you leave, they get that back. Some companies 
they have to pay out your vacation time. Your sick time, but your vacation time. Mm-hmm. And so make sure if that's the case, look at, okay, well, how much of that vacation time do I have left? Do I want that in the form of a check? Or do I want that to be my time off? Like I'm actually going to use that vacation time and say this is my last day. So again, really look at your financial house and get that in order. And as you're doing that, that takes us to our next step, which is to identify your next steps, right? (laughs) So really understanding how much time off will you need in between ending that job and maybe starting a new job. Maybe it's securing a new job or maybe it's not. Maybe you're taking time. Maybe you're taking time away from working, period, right? Or maybe it's launching your business. And so it might be your strategy that, okay, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to give myself three months to launch my business. And depending on how successful my business is within those first three months, I will even submit my resignation. So you really want to be clear on what your next steps are need to be as part of that timeline as well. Yes, yes, yes. And then the next one here is submit an official resignation letter, right? You want everything in writing. And the thing about this lady, I feel like sometimes these can be intimidating. You can literally Google or use AI to kind of yep. craft an outline for you. And then you can kind of tweak it with the dates and everything. But it's good to just have it in writing, save it for yourself so that you're covered, so that everyone's aware of what's happening and you just cover all your bases. And I would say with that, you know, personally, I think it's important to do both, to have a, conversa- have a conversation with your boss and then follow up in writing. And and I say this because you want to, if the situation permits, because again, we've acknowledged that there are some situations that this is not, that's not safe for you to do so, not healthy for you to do so. I would say, make sure that you have a conversation with your boss so that you're able to maintain that good relationship and leave on as good terms as possible because that takes us to number six, our final strategy, right? Which is provide feedback and or an exit interview. And I think leaving on good terms to the extent possible is always to your benefit because you never know when you might need that former boss or former colleague later on down the line. Yes. And also, depending on your field, if you are in a field where there are very few Black folks doing what you do, Mm -hmm. that means that the degrees of separation are basically non-existent. Somebody knows, everybody knows everybody. Yes. And so you want to make sure that you're leaving on a good note. So you want to make sure that like if they ask you to provide feedback, that you are as professional as possible. Mm -hmm. 
And lady, I do want to be clear. I do want to acknowledge that we know that oftentimes if we are in the, put in this position where we are quitting, going back to our quote of the day, if we are put in a position where we are quitting because we have been undervalued or disrespected, we already know that we want, we may want to pop off, right? Mm. We may want to read them for fill, the filth that they are. <laughs> yes. You know, we may want to. However, again, the communities are small. Yes, Lord. And so you want to really be clear on what your intention and motivations are in providing the feedback and or an exit interview. And also think about your own capacity. Because a lot of times you're in these positions and you're deciding to quit because you, like I said, been disrespected, been undervalued, and been used, misused. So if you provide the feedback that you know would benefit them, at that point, it almost feels like you are doing the work for them. Mm, yes. That can help make someone else's experience better, right? And depending on your situation, that is not your job to do because you are no longer an employee with them. There you go. That's a really good point. I would say, just to kind of speak on what you just shared about the degrees of separation, I just went to Afrotech recently, right? I saw someone who I went to grad school, I was in grad school with almost a decade, Lord, a decade ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, a decade ago. Damn, time be flying. A decade ago, I saw literally my old employer that I left like a few months ago at the beginning of the year. I saw them there. And they were trying to get me back. Like, you got to come home because I left on such a good note and have a positive rapport with them. And so I literally saw people at several different phases of my of my journey, right? All in one space. And so especially like Dom said, when you go to conferences and especially with us being Black folk, you know, most of our industries, most of the industries that we're in, there aren't many of us, right? So it's right. like people know, yeah, they know somebody, they know somebody, they know you, right? So just being mindful mm-hmm. of your reputation. And if you feel inclined to, Go off, just journal and talk to your therapist about it yes. and just yeah. try to be as professional and non-emotional and objective as possible when you're giving feedback. So lady, real quick, we're going to do a quick recap and then Dom and I are going to jump into the after show to share some additional tips and maybe some more tea. So you got to check us out, herspacepodcast.com. Click. I think it's, is it Wisdom Wednesday with Terry? Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you, Dom. There we go. I need to go to our website. <laughs> Wisdom Wednesday with Terry. <laughs> And you can tune into the after show. So the first tip here is consult your mentor. The second is identify a timeline. The third is get your financial house in order. Number four, identify your next steps. Number five, submit an official resignation letter. And number six, provide feedback or an exit interview. We hope you enjoyed this episode, lady. We're about to head on to the after show. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, 
or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Every dream within me exists because it's possible.